All right, the book of Acts chapter 8. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Let's go on ahead and who would like to go first tonight with some questions or some revelation or something? Just give us something here, praise the Lord, to start off with. Not everybody at once. Could cause a traffic jam up in here. I'll wait. Can we let y'all read it again? <laughs> All right. Please. I didn't reread it today, so bear with me. Okay. I like the story in particular with the eunuch guy. Yes. <laughs> Because it was just all bugged out, you know, the, the whole, he got baptized at the end and when Philip flew from one side to the other. <laughs> so, um, who wrote this again? Who wrote this? Luke. Luke. So, how, how do they know that that's true? Or is that like fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would definitely not be fantasy. <laughs> and I would... Fly from one side to <clears throat> What's that? We've never seen that happen again. Well, no, you, but you see it happen like three times before. If you read um, first, first, the first person that we see it happen to is Elijah when he's mm -hmm. taken up by the spirit chariots of fire. Um, and then the next person that you see when you read throughout the book of Ezekiel, you find Ezekiel being taken by the spirit of the Lord all over the place. I mean, there's all kind of references to where he's moved like that by the spirit. Um, and then obviously we see this story here. So what I'm imagining, because obviously this is not written like in the first person, like Luke wasn't walking with him. So like we said before, Luke is a very good, um, you know, investigator. And so he does a very good job of interviewing people about stuff like this. So what I would imagine happened, and it doesn't show, it doesn't tell us this, but I would imagine Luke probably had a conversation with that Ethiopian and he probably had a conversation with Philip. And the reason why I say that is because obviously how would, you know, I mean, Philip didn't know what the Ethiopian saw. Philip, you know, Philip was gone. He was taken up, you know, at that moment by the Spirit of God, and he was moved from one place to the next, you know, in, 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 in a rapid form. So I would imagine that that's probably what took place. He probably had a conversation with the Ethiopian, and the Ethiopian was saying, man, I, this guy, you know, I got baptized, and, you know, he had a conversation with them, talked to them, and, you know, now he's part of the body of Christ. So he's able to, you know, travel and, and communicate with them and talk to them about, you know, what happened in this particular story. And so there would be my answer to that as far as what would happen. As far as is it fantasy? Most definitely not. The Bible is never fantasy. Please, the scripture that I, I'm going to use on Sunday, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So God, God would never inspire. God would never inspire fantasy. As a matter of fact. He gives us to inspire all, and that way we will be in amazement of what he did. Well, check it out, because this is the thing, right? I read it for the first time, I have to admit, this, this whole Acts 9 on Sunday. Eight, eight. Eight, eight. yeah. Uh -huh. uh, on, on Sunday, when I, when I, when, you know, we come in early and mm -hmm. whatnot. So, I, you know, obviously that's the one that impressed, you know, that, that stayed with me. Right. Right? So, here I am in the back, you know, doing my ushering, and Ryan passes me by, you know, to go to the bathroom, and, you know, so... Then after a while, Chad, is, you know, a few seconds later, Chad goes, you know, is is Ryan in the bathroom? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, because I just saw him pass by. So Chad is behind me, right? And then, and then I look forward, and Ryan's in the front, and I'm like, how do you do that? 
That was the spirit. That was the spirit. He was just, he took him out in the bathroom. And I didn't ask him, but I, I thought of, I thought of Philip. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that happened to Ryan because right. Chad, when I told Chad, told Chad, he's over there. And Chad goes, how do you know that? Chad said it too. Right. So that, that's, that's why. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's good, that's good. That's the, it's the, um, in verse 36, yes. the same story. Mm -hmm. It says, and as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 38. I'm going somewhere. Yeah. And he <coughs> commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Now, he, here's the thing. This eunuch got confirmation like nobody else that he was saved. Right. That, that there, this God that I'm looking for just performed a miracle right before my eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we can, we can look at Philip's side also, but I'm looking at the eunuch side. The eunuch is saying, you know what, he has a reason to rejoice. Because not only am I saved, but when I got saved and went down in the water, God decided to perform a miracle just to confirm, give my, give my faith a stamp right. that I'm real. Right. That's what I saw. Yeah. It's good. And the next verse, I mean, is, you know, but Philip was found at Azotus. And, you right. know, this guy, like, just landed on the floor. was like a beam me up Scotty type of scenario, you right. know. I mean, he just caught up. And then, you know, now he's over here doing the work of the Lord. So that just means he was done. You know, he was, he was finished doing what he had to do there. And God took him where he needed to be next. And that's it. All right. Thank you for sharing that. Somebody else. David, you had something. You had a little puzzled look on your face. Did you have a question? Are you good? All right, all right, all right, that's good, that's good. That's good, you're good. I just, you know, I want to make sure. <clears throat> Sister Grace. In the beginning of chapter 8, yes. in the persecution of the church after Stephen was killed, and they were scattered about, they went different ways. Uh, a lot of times when we come to do persecution or hurt, it brings us closer to God. And we see that these people went through all Chapter 1, verse 8. Go to Judea and Jerusalem. Right. And uh, spread his word. Be a witness. Right. And so we see where uh, God had made this commandment, and now we see how it's come to pass. And also, um, well, that's when Philip, you know, went to Samaria. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know, maybe everybody else knew. I got different definitions. Okay. Now I know the eunuch was the treasurer for Candace. Uh huh. Then you see another definition, the eunuch is someone whose strength is taken away. 
right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a good way to put it. That, 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 that's, that, that's a go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. What's the next meaning? And, well, the other one was like when a uh, man has Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I, you know what I was, I was wondering? Like, uh, when you, when a man, married the priest or married the church to give up his celebrant, right. I wonder if this had something to do with. They didn't do it that way, though. The priests. That's why they they continue to to fail and, and prove that they should be married, just like you know, pastors. <laughs> because they did. They, they, they That's they, good. That's know. good. If they were if they were eunuchs, they wouldn't be married. Right. Well, I mean, they wouldn't be married. Right. Just taken away. Right. And I think that was done for a purpose because I read somewhere that they used them. Well, they're giving up their right, um, and Jesus said that there are some people who are born eunuchs, some people are made eunuchs, and some who are made eunuchs, you know, so, so there's some who make themselves eunuchs, you know, for the gospel. <coughs> okay, now, 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 now let, let, let's let Pastor Rob, I know you wanted to say something, go ahead and say what you're going to say, brother, go ahead, go ahead, man. Say, say, I, I'm going to let you, I, I, go ahead, I'm going to let you go, man. The, the, the three choice, first of all, celibacy has to be a gift of the Spirit because of what Paul is saying, right. okay? Celibacy is a gift of the Spirit, although it's not lifted, listed as one of the gifts, it is, okay? Because Jesus clearly said, some are made. In right. other words, being castrated. Some are born, right. born without a sex organ, and, uh, and others make are that way. Right. They made themselves for the sake of the gospel, right. which would be Paul, right. okay? Now, historically, the... Um, the eunuchs were to watch over the virgins for kings. Right. Okay, because they could be trusted. Right. All right. They could be there were treasurers too. Again, right. you know, they were put in trustworthy positions because of the fact that there was not a woman right. that was going to mess them up. Okay, right. and what they were doing. Um, in in this particular case, I don't know why this guy is a eunuch. We know that he's trustworthy because he's handling the the queen's money. Um, but I, what I wanted to say more than anything was that although it is not listed for priests, okay, although that is not listed, celibacy is a gift of the spirit. If you try to put yourself in a position where there's going to be women involved and you say that you're celibate and you don't have the gift, you're going to fail. Okay? This is why priests fail because they do not have the gift of the spirit in this particular area okay this is why they fall into the trap of homosexuality this is why they fall into the trap of adultery and fornication because they do not have this particular gift that's, Very good. Or what? No, that could be that's for anybody. I mean, it's for anyone. What he's saying is, what he's saying is, if it's like that, you stay like that. I mean, if you have the gift, if, if you, you have, have a, the, right, you want to stay that way, right? Like Paul. Paul. Unless you get married. 
Paul Grace said, oh man, you want to stay like that. You may, you may, okay, what he's asking is, you may have that gift for a season in your life. Like while you are single, that gift may be upon you and you're going to need it, okay? If you're going to stay single, especially if you're in a relationship, you know, with someone of the opposite sex. So you may have that gift, you know, God may say, okay, you know what, for this, I'm going to empower you and I'm going to, and I'm going to strengthen you, give you that continence. And that way you can control yourself for now. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be like that forever. It's for this time of your life for you to maintain your sanctification. But what Pastor Robert is saying is that there are certain people like Jesus who, who refers to that, that there's some that make them eunuchs, some who give up their strength more than having it be cut off and they give it up. Then it's for the kingdom of God. You know, it's a decision that they make, but they make the decision the way the apostle Paul did. Paul did it because he, how could Paul be married? You know, Paul would never be able to be married. I mean, this guy was all over the world. He was always in prison for preaching. You know, what kind of provider would he have been? He would it would have been horrible. You know, so he knew what his mandate was. Um, so it's important that we, you know, we understand that. And, you know, to go along with what Pastor Robert was saying about the eunuchs, the reason why they would have these is because in order to protect these women and make sure these women wouldn't get raped, you know, I mean, that's what, you know, you got to remember, you know, these guys were slaves. And so what's a slave going to do? I'm, I'm going to have this slave take care of all of these women. Well, he's going to get mad and he's going to go ahead and, you know, right. be raping these women and doing these different things. And so they wanted them to not live for anything. And really what it does is, you know, when you're made that, I mean, it takes all everything. I mean, what do you have? I mean, as a man, you know, you have nothing, to, you know, no motivation. So, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, what do you, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but I mean, it's true. You know, you have no, you know, as far as women go, I mean, you know, you're like, you know, you're, there's no kids coming for you. I mean, it's, it's a done deal. So, you know, they did that. And I think that that's the reason why he is the queen's treasurer. Because he's there to be a, and you got to think about it. If you put a woman to protect women, well, you got these men, you know what I'm saying, that are, you know, much stronger and going to go in there. So you have to put a man, you know, and he's going to be able to, you know, take care of it. So that's probably the reason why he is that. Did you want to add something? I just want to say that, um, that in Hebrew, it means castrated, but this was written in Greek. So the meaning of it was the treasure of the, of the coin, now that he was castrated. Right. So. <clears throat> That's what's up with that there. When I read it, I told Sonia, this passage is going to grab everybody's attention. Right. <laughs> it will be the topic. Right. Right. Many, but I like many she, virgins. Right. And you don't want to put a normal man with right. all those virgins because he will be. Of course. All the, right. All the right. kids are going to look like the slave boy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's true. I mean, look, you got you to gotta think. I mean, you, you know, you think, you know, no, you know what? It, it, look. He's being for real, though. I mean, you got to think about this. These eunuchs were with these women more than anybody else was. I mean, they. I mean, that's how this was. You know, they were with them much more than the king. You know, and so you know, it's it's a situation. And even you know what? And even to go even further with it. If a woman was attracted, you know, to the slave, you know, I mean, that stuff happens. I mean, you see in prison situations, you know, how many people get fired because they are working and, you know, a guy, you know, these female correction officers. I mean, I don't understand it, but hey, it happens. Female correction officer, they're working and then, you know, they're attracted to these dudes, you know, and then they end up getting busy and then someone finds out. And I mean, seriously, I mean, that, that's what happens. Um, I mean, schools, you know, you see it with teachers and kids. I mean, just imagine if there were if there was eunuch teachers, you know, and that, you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't have to worry about none of that because they'd be like, there ain't nothing over here. So just keep on going, you know, right. So I like what she, if she want to read, go ahead, because I have to find out, I said, wait a minute, because I was in doubt. I said, no, come on. That means it's with a certain power 
But I like what you know what we we got out of. Out of Go ahead, read it. Read it. Read it. He may not have been. He he he, he may he may not have been. He may have been one of those that made himself, you know, and like in that situation, it could have been right. Could have been. But but here's the thing: where would he get his gift from? Right, but I but I would think I, I have to say this: I would think no 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 because he no because he because this, this this wasn't this, this, she just she just read because he was a child of the sun, right? So we'll, 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 we'll just go with that. We just can't be sure, but yeah. we know for sure that he was a eunuch, and I would, I would, I would probably, I would probably lean more towards he was castrated, only because I don't think that this guy would have put that in there. I don't think Luke would have put it in there. But we'll, for the sake of argument, we'll just say, right. regardless, he wasn't doing nothing. The issue, the issue that, that what, I, what I took out of this is the issue this uh, Israelite, the, the Jew, had with Jesus. Feel that way because I, I was just talking to a Jew person and she always talked to Jesus. And they still reject, so they're still waiting for Messiah. They, with all things that have come to pass and everything that has been proven, they still are not aligned. Okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna embrace that because there is no other, you know, there is no evidence against it. They're not gonna but, change. They don't have no reason to. I mean, good. according to them. Well, it's like anybody who. Right. Who had the gift right. from God. Yep. He said himself that he wished that all men right. be like him. Yep. Yep, he did. First Corinthians chapter seven, I believe. Exactly. Just get married. Just be married. But the awesome thing about Paul is that that Paul he was doing what he was doing innocently because he thought he was doing the right thing for God. He thought that he was serving God to the utmost by tearing these churches down. Right. And the scripture says, and the, the word that's used there is he was causing havoc. He was causing havoc in the church. But the awesome thing is, is when he was tearing down, God used him to build it up. Right. 
to make the foundations right. build it right back up. He said, I'm going to use your zealousness <coughs> to build the church back up. Now, you were zealous about tearing it down. Now, you're going to be zealous about building it up. All right. Which he was. Anybody else have anything they want to comment or question before I move on? <laughs> and um, the sorcerer sin? Yes. Um, when they're um, talking about him and how he gave his heart to the Lord and he went with them. Um, and um, verse 16, for as yet he had um, the Holy Spirit. He didn't have the Holy Spirit. Um, they had only baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus. Right. Usually, when I pray that prayer, I usually have them just ask the Lord to fill them with his spirit. That's usually what happens. That's how that occurs, and then more of just something where, and you know, throughout the teaching that we do, I know Pastor Robert talks about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and going through that, and then also in the growing in Christ, it's going to talk about the, you know, talks about the Holy Spirit also. And so more of a situation that, because when you when they're here doing the laying on of hands, you know, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in that set, in, in this particular case here, the apostles, God was using the apostles to confirm this is genuinely a move of God. You know, this is genuinely, you know, a, a move of God here. And that's why it's that's what that's the they they're talking about there is that the apostles were stood in Jerusalem when the when the persecution took place. So when they heard of the success and the preaching of Philip is powerful and everything as Philip was, which proves to us that this is not Philip the apostle. This is Philip that was the deacon or, you know, one of the seven men that was chosen. Um, then he's, he, in all that power and everything that was going on, they still had not received that baptism of the Holy Spirit. So today it's a little bit different because we don't have those original 12 apostles that are confirming the, you know, the, you know, the, the, that this is a, a real church or whatever the case is, or this, you know, this is a real move of God or this is true salvation. We don't have that today. And God, you know, has delegated that authority. So in that sense, we don't have, you know, a particular like somebody gets saved and then we're going to go lay hands on them. It's one of the things that we pray that God will fill them with the, with the Spirit. If someone's praying for them, you know, you should be praying, you know, God, you know, fill them with the Holy Spirit because that power is delegated and, you know, we just need to pray for God, you know, to fill the people with the Holy Spirit. And if anybody is not filled with the Holy Spirit, that they just need to ask because it's a gift that God wants, you know, wants them to have, you know. So to answer your question, clearly we don't, you know, have anything that we particularly do, but, um, well, I know that when I do pray, I always, you know, I always pray that prayer and I always have them pray that. And then I ask God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. So that's what we do. So if someone's never been baptized and let's say you're out there praying with them and you, do you say that same prayer, fill them with the Holy Ghost and all that? Is it, I mean, is that different? Does that not work or? 
course it works. It works 100%. This is, that's, what that, 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 that's what I'm saying, huh? Like, when you do that, you really got to stand by these people, man, because they don't know what to expect. They don't know what's going on. Right. Next thing you know, they're talking about all this crazy stuff happening. It's like, right. I don't know, man. That's why I'm going to the mentoring thing, honestly. Right. Stuff like that, man. Right. You know, the kids who from their son is like, he's a gift. Right. He's a gift from this to all you have to do is receive it. Except from during Christmas time, you get gifts, and you know if they're under the tree, you can't wear because you know it's yours. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. God is giving you this, and it's yours. Oh, he's saying, Lord, the same way you did that there, do it with them. And you just receive it by faith. Right. The key is you. It's not in him. It's in you delivered. Right. I had a bad experience, my first experience with the Holy Spirit. I went to Team Challenge. I didn't know anything about that. And they read this, and everybody's putting hand on them because I didn't speak in tongues. They were telling me, well, repeat this. And I was saying, and this one said, no, say this. And I was going crazy. I said, forget the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 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 and then, actually, yes, I started to not believe it because I said, right. well, this is not real. Right. And nobody can tell you what to say. It's not about the hands. When I received the Holy Spirit, somebody was praying from far away, and I started speaking in tongues. Nobody yeah. tells me anything. Right. But it's a matter of believing. You need to believe that this is real and that it's real. And a lot, and a lot of times, you know, I, I think that in a lot of cases, people need to be educated. You know, you got, you got to remember when you're when you're dealing with, you know, especially in the Jewish community, they were very educated in stuff. And so, a lot of things, like even when you're looking at the whole conversation that um, that Philip has with the with the eunuch, the eunuch says, "What hinders me from being baptized?" Nobody today, you know, when you preach to them salvation, you know, when am I going to be baptized until they're educated? But when he was preaching in his presentation of the gospel, something was either mentioned about baptism. You know, he obviously he's preaching, you know, Jesus. And if he preached Jesus from that scripture, he had to talk about John the Baptist and talk about, you know, the baptism of Jesus. And, you know, he went through all of these things and then gets to the end, you know, where Jesus says, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things, you know, to obey. And so he's like, okay, well, what hinders? me and so it's it's our job to make sure that we're educating people on these things because again you know at that moment you know you don't have to wait a month a week you know a year it, right at that moment that you receive Christ you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit you know I mean because the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you you know so you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues you know for the you know for the first time um, you know prophesy praising God or whatever it is that that manifests at that moment so that's the reason why I do pray that prayer always you know and everybody you guys need to know this you guys have the power of the Holy Ghost operating in you you lead someone to Christ don't be afraid to pray Lord fill them with your Holy Spirit and just by faith, I mean, just release that and let God do it. Don't, but, but what you don't need to do is don't worry about, did they speak in tongues? Did they not speak in tongues? Did they feel something or did they not feel something? You know, when I was a youth pastor, I could tell you a testimony when I used to watch all, you know, like I have one friend that he is like, I mean, just a powerful man of God. And he lays hands on everybody and they all fall out in the power of the Holy Ghost and it's just this amazing thing, right? So me as a youth pastor, I'm like, man, what is wrong with me, man? I mean, I'm like, I'm praying with everything in me and I don't, and I'm not seeing people, you know, once in a while, you know, it's not like every time. I mean, like these guys, you know, I mean, I've been now, I can tell you of experiences that I've had where I've come off the altar and I mean, the power of God moving so strong and when I lay hands, I don't even touch the person. They're like, I mean, this far away and it's like, I went through them and I never touched them. I mean, the power of God God hit him. I mean, I've you know I've had those things happen, and you know laid hands on people, and you know all that. I've seen that, right? But it's not every time. So I'm like, man, what is wrong with me, man? I mean, is there something? And you know, I'm praying harder, and I'm praying longer, and I'm fasting. I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying, Lord. I want to see this. And you know, one day, one of the youth, you know, she's. And I don't know why she decided to tell me this, but she's like, you know, 
we were talking about you the other day, and I was like, okay, you know, with some of the youth, and we were just talking about, you know, how, how you know, we feel when you pray for us. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So she's like, man, we like feel this fire, like just come on us when you pray. And I was like, Praise the Lord, man. You know, and, and so the point is, when I'm looking at them, I'm not seeing them like shaking and like fire. They're not acting like that, you know, but there's something taking place that you don't even need to be aware of because it ain't for you. You know, it's not for you to, you know, be all, oh, you know, I'm the man and the fire of God, you know, <laughs> you know, that's not, you know, what this is about. So anyway, the point that I'm making, I say that to share because a lot of times we get nervous because, oh, we don't see some great manifestation. Listen, this is not about manifestation. This is about the, the faith that you have that's operating and, you know, going forward, I, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, the preacher who was preaching, just like Pastor Lewis, nobody laid hands on me. I was standing in a crowd and he said, listen, I want you to come forward if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> I went to the front and he said, listen, you know, some of you guys, you know, don't be afraid of this. He said, you know, you, you can go ahead and, you know, come, you know, come forward. Um, he didn't do the whole thing of, you know, say this after me, nothing like that. He just began to pray, God, fill him with your spirit and just continue to pray that way. And he said, you know, don't be afraid, you know, just let it go, whatever starts coming out. And so, you know, I'm there and I start speaking in tongues and I stop because I'm like, man, I'm just repeating something I'm hearing. And I start speaking in tongues again and I stop because I'm like, man, I, you know, and I, just, I, and I was so, you know, because your head gets in the way, you know, and it's it, because there's a, there's a, I, and I'm just going to say it like, this there's a faith issue because there's this doubt that gets stuck right here and even though you have this faith in your spirit you got to remember in your spirit is this faith but it's got to be filtered through your soul which will manifest in your body right so what happens is when it's i got this faith that this is true and it's coming up coming up and when it gets to my soul my head my mind i'm like nah man this ain't this ain't right and i mean i struggled with it i, I was like nah i'm not gonna do it and so i mean for a month i was filled with the holy ghost and i just would not i would be praying in my room and as I'm praying I start feeling the same thing and I'm like no I'm not letting it come out the point that I'm making as well in this in my testimony is the power of God was manifesting through this guy God was using him to release this gift in our lives in that place and because of my situation I wasn't releasing it you know it wasn't nothing to do with him or a lack of the presence of God or a lack of the gift it was simply something with me so that's why it's continuously important that people are in the word and that they see that this is a promise you know for them so again when you are praying for someone if you happen to be an altar worker and you're up on the altar and you know we're doing it we do an altar call and people came up for salvation and you prayed that prayer of, of faith with them you need to pray right there father fill them with the holy spirit in the name of jesus and just you know lay hands on them be that vessel when you do it in your workplace and you know wherever you are don't be afraid to, to ask the lord because the gift is for them and you can be that vessel at that moment amen yeah go ahead god does not hold you accountable for those people after that if not like I felt bad because I had people call me like man I don't know what to do I don't know what's going on and I try to talk to them but I can't always be there and I'm bad about that man I, I don't answer my phone I cut people off sometimes I, and I feel so bad about it man I, I don't know why I do it but that's just something that I got to dig down and get the root and bring it out you know what I mean mm -hmm. but that's part of me right there right. and I get these people on fire and then all of a sudden they're like they don't know what to do. Right. And then I, I don't know. <clears throat> well, first of all, you are not the source of fire. God is the source of fire. So what they got to learn to do is plug into God. That's not, you know, it's not for me to keep someone on fire. You know, it's not my job. They need to, what you got to do is, you know, you lead someone to Christ. You know, you minister to them. God touches them through you. And, you know, you point them in the right direction, which is the word of God and prayer. You know, people, because a lot of times what happens is people become codependent on men. 
You know, they become codependent on you because when you spoke to them, you gave them this great counsel, this great wisdom. You know, you they felt so good when they talked to you. You know, they felt so good when you prayed for them. So they want you to pray for them at every moment. They want the same experience every time. They want the same great wisdom. I mean, I talked to someone the other day and the first thing out of their mouth is, man, God, I hope he gives you a word. And I'm like, okay, go ahead and talk. You know, and they ask me a question and I'm like, listen, you know what to do, man. And I just, I went through the scriptures. I said, you don't need a word, you know, because that's that's what happens. So, you know, as far as God holding you accountable, man, God holds you accountable to share the gospel. God holds you accountable for that portion. Each man needs to work out their own salvation and they need to continue with Christ. You're not Jesus Christ. You're not the Holy Spirit. They need to connect with him. And so that's not your job. Now, the other part of being insensitive, cutting people off and things of that nature. Yeah, those are things you got to work on, you know, but the point is they need to get connected to a church. And more than anything else, they need to get connected to Christ. And as they stay connected with Christ, they're going to be all right. Amen? All right, really quickly, let me go through this. Chapter 8, I'm not going to go through everything. I'm just going to highlight a couple of things that I want to point out. First of all, starting in verse 1, it says, Now, <clears throat> Saul was consenting to the death, to his death. This is speaking of Stephen's death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Important that we note that everyone was spread except the apostles. The apostles remained in Jerusalem. That was the headquarters of the church. That was the founding place of the church. That's where God wanted them to be in the midst of this persecution. This persecution that arose um, came through Paul, and verse 2 tells us that devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him as for Saul and they give this correlation you know they show these what real devout men were doing and Saul who was apparently a devout man he was very devoted to the law of God but he wasn't devoted to God the way that he needed to be he made havoc for the church or ravaged the church and this word for ravage it, it is a word that is utilized like a boar you know the way that a wild boar just ravages a field it's it's a word of an animal just destroying something I mean this is how Paul was doing this but when you look at the word persecution it is a calculated execution of a plan. And so he had an executed plan. I mean, he sat down and he thought about, okay, this is how I'm going to remove this church, this Jesus name from out from, from throughout the land. I'm going to go in here and I am going to turn this, you know, this, this place upside down. I'm going to mess this whole thing up by bringing this persecution. So he says that this persecution arose and then it uses the word here. It says scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria. And I, and I want you to notice the word scattered because the word scattered is the Greek word that means to scatter seed. And so now look at what God does. God allows the enemy to bring in this persecution in order to scatter his seed to go and do what? To extend the kingdom of God. And so what happens is the true seed of God, that is what happens when we are pressed and when we are, you know, going through difficulty, what comes out of us is what is the seed that God has placed in us and we're able to do that and so this is what occurs here this persecution takes place like I said before everybody was comfortable in Jerusalem nobody was you know moving so fast and not to say that they wouldn't have because I'm sure they would have I mean obviously people had to go home there were some people that were going to other places but this persecution arises and as Pastor Robert was saying earlier you know he was talking about how you know God took Paul who was a persecutor and destroyer 
fear of the church trying to destroy it and using to build it up. Well, what God did before he got a hold of Paul was he went ahead and he used the persecution that Paul was leading, that he was heading up. He used that to spread seed, to send that seed out to go forward. And then we see in verse four what happens. Remember, the apostles are where? In Jerusalem. And so verse 4 says, Therefore, those who were scattered, those who were sperio, who were sent out there literally by this persecution, went everywhere preaching the word. And so everybody who went from there, they had their time under the apostles hearing about Jesus. They were equipped enough. They were definitely empowered enough. And what did they do? They went out and they started preaching the word. They didn't go and run and say, Oh, you know what? We're going to get killed. So we need to go into our little house and just pray in our little corner. That's that's not what they did. They said, yo, you know what? We're going to go out here and we're going to preach this word. And they began preaching. And then we see in verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. And multitudes with one accord, heeding the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So notice again, he wasn't just preaching a word of eloquence. He wasn't just breaking down scriptures for them, but the power of God was manifesting through his life and the people were seeing what was going on. So they were hearing and they were witnessing. They were like, wow, man, this, this, this is a word that is with power, which is the same thing that needs to be upon our life as God's delegates. And what was happening? Well, the power was this for unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed <clears throat> and there was great joy in that city and so that's what should happen church when we are doing what God has called us to do we should be bringing great joy to the city okay we should be being used by God and people want to hear about us people want to hear and there's obviously going to be people that are going to rise up and not be with that verse 9 introduces us to a man by the name of Simon but there was a certain man named called Simon who was out, who was previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. So this guy, he was a magician and he was over here, you know, doing stuff saying, I'm the great power of God. You guys saw that movie, The Night at the Museum. And you remember that, um, you know, Attila the Hun, he likes magic. And so this, so he, re, you know, he's reading his history and he comes out and he's like, you know, you like magic. And so he does this magic trick. He pulls out some flowers and all this stuff. And Attila Hun's like, oh, magical, you know? And so, <laughs> you know, he goes. You can see my daughter has me watching this movie all the time. But anyway, you know, he's 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 doing this magic trick. He's just doing illusions, you know. And half of the stuff that this guy was doing, I'm sure that there was some stuff that was really great. But you know what? It was nothing. But he was he was doing things that people didn't know. They didn't understand it. And so you know, they were like, "Oh man, this is the great power of God. This guy, you know, he's something great." Well, glory to God. God brings in Philip, and Philip comes in there, and he goes on in verse 12. We'll just skip down there <clears throat> Verse 11 says, they heeded him. They were heeding this guy, Simon. Verse 12 says, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. And so even this great power, he knew he wasn't this great power. He realized that what he was seeing in them was something greater than what he had been doing. And so what did he do? Well, he believed and he was baptized. And so he goes over here and he's now he's watching and he's seeing all of these signs and these wonders that are going on through, through the life of Philip. Verse 14 says, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And again, this is the confirmation. This is the establishing of the church. The church is moving from one place to the next. And so we need apostolic 
approval to say this church is legit and this is part of the movement and God waits for them to come and then they go down there and like I said earlier they lay hands the Holy Spirit fills these people and then Simon begins to see what is going on and, and, and we notice something that Simon was this great power he sees Philip and what Philip was doing and he's impressed by that right he believes you know he's like man I believe this this guy is something big he goes ahead and he's baptized and he starts watching Philip and he's like, man, this guy's doing these signs and these wonders and all this great stuff. And so he's hanging out. I mean, he's like, I want, because you know what? In his heart, he wants to do this stuff, right? <clears throat> so the next thing happens is he says, for yet the Holy Spirit had fallen upon none of them. Then they had only, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, verse 17. Then they laid hands. <clears throat> the apostles laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Look at Peter's response. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. The gift of God was already purchased by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Not money. It wasn't money. It wasn't. The, the, the apostles didn't give money to get this gift. This was something that was given. Now look at verse 21. He says, you have neither part nor portion in this matter. And he gives the reason. Now you got to pay attention. This is important for your faith because you got to hear what he's saying. He says, you have no part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. He didn't say because you are not an apostle. He didn't say that. He said, because your heart is not right in the sight of God. And he goes on to say, repent, therefore, <clears throat> of your wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see. Now, look at what the Apostle Peter sees. And we got to take his words, you know, for real, because the Apostle Peter is the one who called out Ananias and Sapphira and they died. The Holy Spirit was using him in that prophetic manner to show him stuff. Right. And he tells him, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. This is important for us to understand something about Simon, because earlier on, we see that Simon believed. And he was and he was baptized and he was he was true blue. I mean, he was sticking to Philip, wasn't he? But Peter says, you are poisoned with bitterness. Wait a second. Bitterness doesn't come overnight. Bitterness didn't happen in five minutes. Why was he bitter? He was bitter because he had the following of Samaria until Philip came. And so he believed, but he still had an issue in his heart because everybody was following him. And you know what? He just didn't want to be out, out the outcast. So he said, oh, yeah, I affirm this. But he had bitterness in his heart. And he says that you are bound by iniquity. So this guy was somebody and, 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 and a lot of the, um, the theological minds believe that this guy was never truly converted. That he was only, you know, now I'm not saying that's true. I'm telling you what they say because I don't know if he was really converted. What I do know is that he didn't allow that bitterness to leave his life. And the book of Hebrews tells us, do not allow a root of bitterness to spring up among us. Because what does that root do? That root chokes out the life. It is, it is, it is possible to choke out the life. I did a blog. If you guys go to the website, I did my first blog on our new website. And, um, 
I was speaking from the book of Matthew chapter 13. And in that blog, what I was saying is, what kind of fruit bearer are you? Because the Bible talks about four different kinds of ground, right? It talks about the one that is sown by the wayside. It is one that is sown in the shallow ground or the stony place. And then there's one that is sown by the thorns, right? Now, the reason why I bring this up is because some of you may not read it. But here's the thing. I want you to hear this. Those first three grounds, those were not Christians, okay? They were potential Christians. And what I mean is that you see that in the in, in the in the in this in the, 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 the wayside, the seed that fell over there, that seed was not even in any way, shape, or form even considered. So this one, no, no way at all. The second two, though, one of them, the Bible says that the seed went in, it just didn't have depth. And it actually started to grow up. Which, hold on a second, that means that there was some form of life that took place in there. There was some reception to the, to the seed that was there, but there was no depth. There was no full commitment to this. Persecution arises. What happens? It's destroyed, right? The third place, this one doesn't go shallow. It goes deep, and it starts to grow up. Grows up enough to where it actually has to be choked out. So that means that there was potential there. So what am I saying? My opinion, because I am not a Calvinist and I don't believe once saved, always saved. My opinion is this. My opinion is person two and person three, they, were, they, they genuinely made a commitment to Christ. But they didn't, they, they didn't preserve or, or persevere in their walk with Christ. That's all that means to me. It means that they were. But then we get to this fourth person, and that's the only Christian the only one that's going to heaven, that is the one that grows and begins to bear fruit. So you see in this person's life, there's something that chokes him up. And what is, and what is that fourth thing? That fourth thing is the cares of this world. Do you not think that this guy was probably rich due to his power and people, they, they want to be around him. So, you know, he's exactly. So now all of a sudden, all of his gains, all of his popularity, everything is shadowed by who? By Philip and now for sure by the apostles, because now these people are filled with. Them. So what does he do? He's like, man, I need that. Because if I can get that right there, I can do what? Man, I'll be able to get my money back, glory to God. I can go in, I can leave this place and go on my own missionary trip. And I can do this. But what I want you to notice also is in there, first, is, is that is the first thing. But the second thing is, I want you to notice Peter's response, okay? Because it is important for us that we know the word of God. So that way when these charlatans come saying, if you will send me an offering, I will send you this. Hold on a second. Do you think an apostle would ever say something crazy like that? You send me this and I will send you back this thing with a blessing on it for you to receive. Or you give me an offering and I'm going to give you a prophetic. What are you talking about? Apostolic teaching shows us that that is unscriptural. Amen? Amen. Therefore, we got to realize that when we see that people doing, look, you need to just shut that off and be like, whatever, or tell them, you know, that, that ain't God right there. How is that the Lord? Okay. It is important that you realize that because that is a false anointing. That is not the Holy Ghost, man. That is operating and manifesting. Jesus is, I mean, the apostles here were like, no, no, no. He says, you can't buy the gift of God with money. You cannot buy the gift of God with money. You cannot buy a blessing. Amen. Amen. Hmm. 24, and Simon answered and said, now look, was it, look at his answer. This is another reason why they believe that he was not really saved. Look, look at his answer. He says, pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. 
Don't pray that the Lord will forgive me. Don't pray that the Lord will change me. Don't pray that the Lord will deliver me. None of that stuff. Just pray that I don't suffer those consequences. Pray that I don't perish with my money. That's all he's saying. I just don't want to die. He's not saying nothing like that. So this is not the heart response of a repentant person. This is, this is a heart response of a person that may have believed that, that this guy was something and was baptized to follow the crowd. But you know what? In, in reality, he let that bitterness continue to build in his heart. And then what happens? He ends up going on the wayside and Peter comes and tells him off and lets him know where he stands with God. And he, he responds the wrong way. So when they are testified, <laughs> they return to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many of the villages. And we won't continue on, but we know that here is where the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, told him to arise and to go south so he could meet with this eunuch. And so we find here how important it is for us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in the midst of persecution we need to let God bring out of us in the midst of tight situations in the midst of pressing times we need to make sure that we allow God to bring his best out of us and that we walk in the power of the Holy Ghost and that we don't let bitterness and those type of things rise in our heart amen, amen. alright let us all stand to our feet that dude was crazy <laughs>